Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. I'm uh, Trip Job, and I am fortunate to have Tug Cowart uh, with us today. And you guys all know Tug uh, not only from the Morning Extra, but Tug has been a staple in the music uh, industry, I guess, um, yeah. from country radio to sports radio. Um, I mean, you've done it all and seen it all. I know a lot of people over the last uh, – I don't want to give away your age. I just turned 45. (laughs) Yeah, but I've been doing this for 20 years and uh, have been entrenched in Nashville for a long time. I started out at a little bit of radio station in Dalton, Georgia, where I'm from when I got out of the Navy. Uh, Went from there to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Chattanooga to Atlanta and have worked country radio for about 20 years, worked sports for now about five years, and, and politics for now a full year. Wow. And, you know, I think that's the first place I want to go is that intersection of sports and um, music. And I think uh, what what's really interesting and is probably one of be the topics for a lot of people today is podcast and how you, you know, what's the purpose of podcasts, you know, in some cases how you monetize them, but how do you bring passions together? And let's, uh, let's hit the Braves Country yeah. uh, uh, podcast and, uh, you know, talk about how you've brought music and sports together and uh, what's the purpose of that and how that's come about. The thought behind it was... I love Braves baseball and I love country music, right? Those are the two things that I that I enjoy. And over the years, dealing with artists and artist management and labels, and there's always that question of, um, you know, my my guy wants to go see the Braves play because look, the Braves are the number one team in 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 Nashville, number one team in the Southeast. They they're the only team in America that covers an entire geographic area. And a lot of artists and writers are from Georgia, so they're Braves fans. They go to Nashville, and they're still Braves fans. And when they're in town, they want to go to a Braves game. And so just having those connections, being able to connect the dots a lot of times is is really helpful. But more than that, every rock star or every country star, as it were, uh, wants to be a ball player. And every ball player wants to be a rock star. There is overlap almost in every category. Anybody you talk to is like, yeah, man, I always wanted to be able to play guitar. You know, and and every uh, athlete says that, and then every rock star was like, "Man, I used to be a baseball." Jason Aldean was a baseball yeah. player in high school. Um, Sam Hunt, who is from uh, Georgia, from Cedartown, he was a uh, high school quarterback, and then was the quarterback at UAB, and then was on the practice squad for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and realized, "Look, I'm not going to make it as an NFL player. I, I can probably make a good living on this practice squad." But I think I'm going to try my talents in Nashville. And he did, and it, and it worked. And there's so many artists like that. Yeah. Um, Riley Green comes to mind, who's kind of an up-and-coming country star. He was the uh, the quarterback over at uh, Jacksonville State University in Alabama. Okay. Decided football wasn't going to work for him, moved to Nashville. So there's always that overlap, always. Yeah, so they're, uh, they're excited to do it. And yeah. then uh, what does it bring, you know, as far as your listeners, and what does it bring uh, – you know, you and, and your partners in, in the endeavor. How do you look at that from a podcast perspective? For me, it is it is literally threading those needles because it's the two things that I love. And most of the people that we invite on the show, those are the two things they love, too. But we don't limit it to – we call it Braves Country 
because we're we're here at the battery we're we're part of the Atlanta Braves radio network but we don't just talk about baseball we talk about college football and the Braves have done a great job and are really smart in the way that they brand the Braves and college football fans with their co-branded hats which yeah. I think are brilliant yeah. this is one of the smartest things you can do because Every day but Saturday, we all cheer for the same team. Yeah. Saturday, everybody's got a different team. You know, uh, you, yep. you've got uh, Wisconsin. Is it your son went to Wisconsin? Uh, I got a son at Clemson, Clemson. and daughter at, Wisconsin. daughter at Wisconsin. But no, but yeah, we've done the uh, Clemson uh, Braves. That's hat. exactly yeah. what I mean. So we're all cheering for yeah. different teams, uh, and and then the Braves were like, okay, and, and then on Saturday we'll cheer for different teams. Rest of the week we're all Braves fans. So it's kind of that same thing in that podcast. We talk about college football. We just talk about living in the South, being from the South, loving the Braves, and the food. We talk about barbecue. We talk, and you, it, it's amazing when you get people out of their talking points because artists have talking right. points just like politicians. When they have a new album, they know they need to hit this, that, and the other thing because they're there truly. When they come on, they're there to promote something. Right. How do you get them out of those talking points to talk about something they actually genuinely love to engage in conversation about? And I'll go back to Jason Aldean, who's a huge Braves fan and a huge Bulldogs fan. Anytime you talk to him about those two things, he is off the script. Yeah, no, and I think that's uh, it's fascinating because I, I was listening, I think last week, uh, a couple of the guys, Domino and uh, Cellini, had Brad Nestler on. Yeah, that's right. And I had just listened to Nestler on, uh, you know, Kenny Chesney's. Yeah. You know, um, and they talked on about no that. Shoes Radio. No Shoes Radio. And the same yeah. type of thing. And it's just to see this different personality right. of people and it, come it, out. It gives you a different perspective on who, who someone is and, like, the things you thought you knew about them. Maybe you didn't, or maybe it, it compounds that and you, and you, and it, and it, it makes you think that much more right. about them that way. But then there's also the piece, because you do say there's anytime you got an artist on, I mean, there are some script, there are some things that they're there, you know, to promote. And it's how do you use that? Okay, so let's turn it into a business perspective. If you're able to bring an influencer or, you know, just someone more for fun is how do you help them? And at the same time, help yourself. And what have you seen, you know, from the artist perspective that, you uh, you know, is how do you how do you wield that of helping them raise their you know their boat a little mm-hmm. bit, and also you know I guess and grow you know the podcast platform. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because you're right. That's what it's all about. They they're coming on to promote. You have a good guest. You have an audience, and yeah. so it's a win win to begin with right out of the gate. But the 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 technique that you have to use is much like and, and I learned this from David Letterman uh, a long time ago. Letterman. You did, he didn't go in talking about whomever he was you know, discussing, you know, whatever guest he had. They, they didn't start out with the movie. They didn't start out with the book they wrote. They didn't start out with the new album. That was always right at the very end. You know, right. They talked about life. They just talked about genuine, you know, com- they had genuine conversation, talked about things that were interesting in the world that was happening around them. And you have to do that as, as an interviewer and as a person that knows this person the guest has talking points they have to get to. And if you can avoid getting to them as long as you can and endear the guest to your audience, they're going to search out those talking points. They're going to search out the new record, the new book, the new movie, whatever it is, because all of a sudden there's a a real connection. If I just read you a bunch of, uh, of talking points, hey, new album's out next Thursday. It's called This, That, and the Other Thing. There's a new song. It's the greatest album I ever recorded. Because when is you, right. when have you ever heard an artist say, oh, this album I just kind of threw together? Of course right. it's the greatest album I ever recorded. They always say that. So if you can avoid that, I think it, it endears 
your guests to an audience, to your audience specifically more, and they actually get more benefit out of it, even if they don't realize it. Yeah, and they learn some of the nuances and the backstories, mm -hmm. I guess is really yeah, what for you're trying to go. Yeah, yeah of course. And which is becomes the aha, mm -hmm. you know, and I think we all, you know, this is a marketing stand, uh, point, and, and with influence a lot of times, look, there are... Um, there are categories of buyers that are very, um, I guess, you know, easily to persuade. And let's let's just call them the uh, teenagers, right? You know, you see them out there and you see the Kylie Jenners and all those that are just, you know, out there and people, oh, I want to be just like them. But for the rest of us, you the know, regular we, we, folks. Or, yeah, we, we want to connect a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just, you know, being pushed on. It's like, oh, man, is uh, Jason Aldean, is Kenny Chesney, are they real people? What? Mm -hmm. You know, what else are they doing? You know, what are they doing for um, charity? You That's know, right. the, wor the work that goes on in Macon for Jason Aldean, for instance, and, um, you know, others. You know, what are they doing that you know, all of a sudden you go, wow, I had no idea that uh, this was going on. Yeah, Kenny Chesney has the Spread the Love Foundation that uh, that is basically a 501c3 uh, that is is helpful in so many ways, especially in the islands where he is in love. You know, that's that's oh, yeah. he has a home there. Uh, it's, it's actually for sale, but he has a home there, and he wants to help those people improve their life because a lot of those islands are impoverished. He's got a uh, a foundation that helps clean up the ocean in the in the Caribbean, and that's that's a relatively new chapter of the Kenny Chesney, you know, uh, love for love city is in there. But uh, but he's doing a lot of those things, and you're exactly right. That doesn't dear people because you can connect on it look i love the islands i, I want to help people makes sense kenny chesney's a beach guy that makes sense all of it goes together and it and it gives that additional layer it's not just that paper figure that you see oh he's the biggest star in the world and and got more money than anybody else yeah what do you when people ask you because you've you obviously done a lot of these and they say hey i hear it's uh you know, podcasting, it's the, it's the way to make money. You know, how do I monetize it? Yeah. Uh, what, uh -huh. what, what's your first answer? I mean, uh, to you're that wrong. question. You're wrong. <laughs> you're exactly, you're 100% wrong. Are there podcasts that make money? Yes. But the overwhelming majority of podcasts make zero dollars. Um, there's ways to monetize your podcast with, uh, you know, just when, when you put it on uh, like a, a SoundCloud or a Podbean or, or uh, Anchor. And, and they will basically, if you have enough downloads, which most people don't, yeah. they will monetize it for you. And, and they, they buy uh, national ads that, that are trying to match their message with an audience that's similar to yours. And, and that happens, but it happens so infrequently because the overwhelming majority of podcasts have 25 downloads or less and there's about what 100 million podcasts. Yeah. So if you get into the thousands, if you get into the ten thousands, you can actually make a little money. But most people can't do that. Right. And I think, I think it's great to get out there because a lot of people think that's the reason. But mm -hmm. I think um, you know you hit on it in the next segment. We'll we'll dive deeper. Um, but I think of my daughter who's at Wisconsin. She's in communication arts, and she actually has been an intern, and she does a lot of editing of mm -hmm. podcasts mm -hmm. for the consulting firm she works sure. for. And I think to me, it's you, you grab those snippets and part of it is, OK, we do this 30 minute podcast, but there might be three or four just gem of 15 second snippets that then they repurpose and they use that in future you know, marketing uh, campaigns to get people to hear the stories, hear the, you know, the artists, the, the story you didn't know about, but mm -hmm. to connect a little bit better. So, you know, it's it's a great forum to start. But it's not something that is a direct monetization. No, so. you're right. 
But um, anyhow, we'll uh, when we come back from the break, uh, I want to get into uh, a little more about the Braves Country podcast, and then let's talk about uh, maybe a little bit of when uh, with country artists when they have a problem with marketing, and uh, we'll get uh, get Tugs. Uh, expertise and thoughts around that uh and in the meantime you've been listening to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 we'll be right back now back to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 fm Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with our special guest, Tug Cowart. And we've been talking a little bit about uh, country music. Uh, we've been talking about sports and marketing and podcast and uh, bringing them all. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people think about podcast and we, were, we got into it a little bit beforehand. Tug had some great advice about, look, if you're going at this to monetize it, you know, there's always the viral TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, person and, mm-hmm. and the YouTuber who makes a million dollars. But Look, those are that's decimal dust, right? You know, um, but what's your objective? I mean, I think that's the key thing that you're really hitting on is with most things is what is your objective to do this? Is it to create other content? Is to be indirect um, type exposure? Um, Is it influencer? So a little bit about um, and you you talked about kind of the passion behind the Braves Country podcast. But is there um, an objective that you guys have uh, with that? Yeah, for, either for yourself and or yeah. for the artist. Yeah, like well, so for me, I, I just want to stay in in the in the vein of having relationships with artists that that I play on the country stations and and having a different outlet for them to uh, to come on and and not be pressured to do anything to promote anything unless that's what they're there for, which it, it right. does happen as as we talked about in the first se- segment. But oftentimes when when people come on podcasts because they don't have a lot of listenership, to be honest. I mean, there's very few Joe Rogans out there that have millions of podcast listeners. But Except this, us. Except us, right. Well, <laughs> in podcast form. But look, when it's live on Extra 106.3, you know, then it's a different story. There yeah. is there is a multitude of listeners. But in podcast form, it is a much smaller, smaller audience, and people have to be genuinely interested in what you're talking about to search you out. So everybody can do a podcast and find your niche and talk about, you know, whatever you want to at length, but you've got to have an audience of people that care about it as much as you do to actually go out and find it and listen. And with me giving the the outlet to artists to talk about the Atlanta Braves on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network is appealing. Josh Turner, yeah. who's one of the biggest stars in country music, he was like, I want to come and I want to bring my son with me because he's yeah. a big baseball fan. And they literally, I had to arrange them to park the tour bus over at the Roxy yeah. for them to come in and do the Braves Country podcast, which was awesome. I'm happy to do that. You know, it's wonderful. And and for me, then I'm talking to an artist that I've been acquainted with for many years in a different forum and talking about something that they love too, right. instead of just promote, promote, promote. Ultimately, he had a show at the coming fair uh, Country Fair and Festival. So yes, we did promote that. But it wasn't the focus of what right. we what we're doing, and that's the beauty of podcasts is they're very niche. No, that's uh, that's fantastic, and that's part of why we're doing what we do in the marketing madman. That's right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's about number one, it's helping the small and mid-sized business owners in Atlanta. You know, get ideas, things that they're uh, maybe they don't have a marketing firm, or maybe they do. They don't get someone to talk straight to them. You know, and well, give see, them that's some the, things. That's the biggest uh, 
probably the biggest thing that people get from it is because anytime they ask, like you can't just call up a marketing firm and yeah. say, hey, can you help me? Because the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they're selling. You know, this yeah. is all about hopefully people take something away. And we're, we're in the hundreds and thousands now of listeners. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's it's doing that. And then it's too, you know, finding the companies that do want to come on that we can help out. To your point, it's not all about promoting their products. More often, we want to, you know, understand how they went through those decision points. You know, what were the challenges they faced? So, again, the listeners that might be going through the same, you know, we talked about inflation recently uh, or when we talked about the uh, great resignation. Mm-hmm. You know, what type of things can the listeners learn from a, a peer, a colleague, maybe a different industry, but going through, you know, a small business that has 100 employees? Yeah. You know, how do they deal with those type of things? And, yeah. and for us, that's the way to give back. And hopefully people, you know, then want to learn a little more about Rand Inc. Yeah, and go right. to our website and find that's out right. how we can help them. But it, it's about, you know, bringing these uh, best best practices and cases to the forefront for the Atlanta business community. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense to me because in in many ways, though we do this this show on the air on Extra 106.3 in podcast form as well, that's, that's the thing. It is indeed much like a podcast, which mm-hmm. this ultimately becomes. It is about helping out. It's about talking about things that are important to you or, you know, in, in my case with Brace Country, an artist or a ball player, whatever – but but it's the it's again it's a niche community of people that care about that because as as a guy that works I don't know at um, you know just a regular nine to five job that doesn't deal with marketing it's probably not that interesting to them you know they right. they don't they're not they're not searching that out they're not searching out that help with this you know we try to bring in different avenues and different conversation and, and unique people that would be a little more uh, broad as far as who we're talking to and what we're talking to them about. And it would be interesting to anybody. Right. No, you've had, uh, I mean, shoot, you've had some fascinating, uh, just the story of the Allman Brothers guitar recently. Oh, my gosh. You know, holy cow. A, the fact that there's a museum with this guitar in it. Yeah. First well, off. it's not anymore. That's okay. the thing. Yeah. It sold for $2 million. They, yeah. It was on loan. So so he's talking about the uh, the Layla guitar, the one that, uh, that uh, Greg Allman used, I'm sorry, Dwayne Allman used to uh, play Layla on, on the track for Eric Clapton. That was uh, in the Allman Brothers Museum, at, 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 and recently, as a matter of fact, but it's not owned by them anymore. But they they've put it on display at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then at the Allman Brothers Museum. And you're right, who who would have known known otherwise yeah. that there was even an Allman Brothers Museum? Yeah, no. So you get to learn some fascinating things, and uh, it's it's neat to bring uh, when you're especially able to bring some of the Atlanta based artists. And then people get to hear a different side of what they do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I want to shift a little bit to, um, you know, one of the things we ask a lot on the marketing side. And I mm-hmm. know you've got to have dealt with this with artists and it is when, whether it's a new artist or maybe a more established artist. But when do they know they have a problem? Right. With, you know, what's going on maybe with the album that's out, Mm -hmm. you know, when do they find out or do they find out? Is it too late? Yeah. Usually if you're if you've put out a record that's not good and it's not going to sell, you don't know until you you take it to market. If you're an established artist that is like currently on the charts, most likely you're going to be successful in some form. It might not sell as great as your last one did, but it's not going to be a complete flop. If you're an independent artist or a new artist on a label, if you put out a record right away, somebody might hear it and somebody might not. I mean, right. the, the, if, if you don't get picked up on country radio 
and and spun there, then the majority of listeners don't hear it. Country fans. Streaming has changed that dramatically. So right. now all of a sudden there's artists on streaming platforms that you may have never heard of before and some you may really, really like. But then there's the others that you might not. That's the one thing that I do have a little bit of an issue with when people tell me how great streaming is. And I'm like, I look, I, I pay for streaming services too. Apple Music, I pay for right. it. When when I have to listen through 10 songs that are okay to get to one that's really good, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. Like, I want to hear good music, is and it? I want to hear it right now. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're pretty impatient that way. So finding out that you have an issue uh, for an artist is is tough, and and it, because it's always when, when you get the music out there is when you find out. Otherwise, nobody knows. Well, so I want to compare that to marketing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let's start with the first thing that, okay, streaming has changed the music game. It has. All right? So marketing, whether, and it's not just COVID, but it's all the digital applications, it's how people have reacted. Marketing has changed over the last five years as well. Okay. Everything. Right. And so I think what streaming has done, it's not, as you said, it's not mean, okay, that's the only game, just Mm -hmm. like digital marketing is not the only game. Right. But it has changed how you look at things. Uh, The second piece I would go into it is, you know, traditionally, based on what I heard, was people didn't really know they had a problem until it was after it was out and maybe a month, maybe two months, and they weren't getting airplays. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think we see that at times with businesses that don't have metrics and don't have processes. Right. The metrics, sometimes you can't, you know, in the music industry, you can't change until you start to see the clicks, the buys, mm-hmm. the you, streams. You, you don't know. The, air, right? the, the spins on radio or the, or the streams on the streaming platform. But the processes and the plan. All right. Sometimes you have to do the things right. Do you have a plan in place? Do they even know? You know, I would guess uh, Jason Aldean and Kenny Chesney have a well-oiled, fine-tuned plan. Um, You just had in, um, because I saw them at 30A, you had uh, the couple in on the Braves Country radio station. uh, Was it um, Allison? Or I'm forgetting her name. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, a newer artist Mm -hmm. recently. And, um, you know, they probably don't have the full-blown plan. Definitely not. You know, so they don't know, unfortunately, until it's too late. And we see that with businesses a lot of times. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'll give you a good example of that. Is um, a, a buddy of mine works, and he's on Jason Aldean's label. Uh, one of the other artists, they were trying to promote a new album from that artist. His name is Dustin Lynch. He's in, he's he's pretty successful. I would say he's a you know a, a B level artist, maybe even approaching B plus, getting close to yeah. A. But it was interesting that the record label was trying to use digital marketing, and and I'm glad you brought that up because in their idea, they were like, okay, we're going to go and pay some influencers to talk about how great this new Dustin Lynch album is, and they spent $75,000 to do that with one main influencer. He, he kind of has his own company in Nashville, yeah. and then he has influencers, micro-influencers underneath him. It's almost that's it's it's like a a hierarchy, I guess. Yeah. So they pay him this seventy five thousand dollars. The problem is, he was into hip hop music, and sure, there's a little bit of overlap with it, like guys like Morgan Wallen that that have a number one hit on hip hop, yeah. and 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 a little bit of overlap like when Ludacris and Jason Aldean did Dirt Dirt Road Anthem, huge hit, yeah. great works. They got almost zero return because they're marketing country music to a group of people that aren't into country music. And someone like Dustin Lynch, who I have heard before, 75000 was probably 80% of his budget. 
I would you know, it was a huge, huge amount. Yeah, it was not like, okay, Luke Bryan or someone else where, yeah, that might have been 5%, 10% of what mm-hmm. their budget's going to be. Mm-hmm. So guess what? They uh, they put all their eggs in one basket, and they really didn't think about who that basket was. They didn't segment it. That's exactly right. And you know what? I, as we talked about it, because my buddy who works there at the label was like, what, y'all, y'all are going down the wrong path. He was like, what you should have done is instead of spending all that money with one influencer – Go to country radio, get 25 country jocks from across the the nation to talk about the album on their social media. You pay them a smaller amount, and you pay more people that are actually talking to country listeners. He was like, that's the way to go. Well, and I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But, um, I mean, what what you're talking about, and look, we're not out there trying to get into the country music world with our marketing, but it is so consistent across industries. I mean, these are basics that you're, you really ought to be thinking about in your marketing strategy, developing a marketing plan, and understanding the market, segmentation, uh, having a, you know, a fully integrated plan. It's not just one thing that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what, at Rand Inc., that's where we focus. And we look at, you know, how do we help customers understand, don't, you know, don't put all the eggs in one basket. Yeah. And it, don't do it just because someone else did it. That's exactly right. And it's funny because... I can tell you the story, and you can give me the from a, a a professional in marketing. Like you can break it down, like and say, "Here's what was actually happened." I just know when I saw that plan, it was never going to work. You probably can fundamentally tell me exactly what had happened in industry terms that I would never know. Yeah, you know, and, and let's go to the influencers because there's a lot of data out there. Look, if you're P and G, if you're Coca Cola. If Procter & Gamble, right? Yeah, okay, Procter yeah. & Gamble, right. Uh, if you are Kenny Chesney and Luke Bryan, you can have a mega influencer, right? Because you've got the mass reach, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and guess what? You're probably, even if it's hip-hop versus country, you know what? You've probably got enough reach that mm-hmm. you're going to grow across that. But the reality is small to mid-sized companies, um, the returns are at the micro-influencer level. So between 25,000 and 75,000 followers, Mm. right? You start getting more than that. And in just about every case, you are going to be paying more than you're going to get your return. Because guess what? They get outside of that spectrum of the type of people you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And that goes goes back to segmentation. And I mean, you know, look, just this week, we put out our RAND report, our monthly newsletter, which is available on our website. And it was all about case studies around segmentation. And, you know, we showed cases where we worked with clients that, you know, Goss RV was in the luxury RV market. They were trying to compete with others for every um, luxury or every RV rental. What made no sense? They were on the luxury side. Mm -hmm. So guess what? We reduced their leads by 25%. But I bet the sales went up or or the rentals went up. Rentals went up. 24% 24% and total revenue went up 36% because guess what? You they were actually, they weren't, focused. they weren't doing the discounts That's anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, they, so not only, and, and, and it's a case of understanding where you go and guess what? Their spending went down Yeah, because yeah. they weren't competing with these huge mass, you know, names in the digital market. And you're actually talking to the people that want to use your service. And then like, I would imagine yeah. if you're in the luxury space like that, People with that kind of money don't care about discounts because it's not it's not about 
the price of it. It's it's the experience. It's the experience. They want exactly the white right. glove service. Exactly right. Right, yep. and they're not you know most you, you look, yeah. I mean, we sure, all that's, of course. You need a few, but um, you know you want people are there for the experience and it's understanding that, mm-hmm. and that's what we mm-hmm. try to help people. That's what you do with you know country radio or. Um, uh, you know the sports side of things, and I think that's uh, it's just unfortunate that that gets left out yeah. too often. I try to tell stories that 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 again paint a different picture. And I'll give you an example. We had a um, a uh, producer on that's uh, is this from Athens, and he's produced for a, you know, a myriad of different uh, Georgia artists and national artists too. But the interesting thing about it is he was talking about when he's not in the studio producing, he likes to be in the backyard playing wiffle ball. And he, when people come to town, they always gather at his house to play wiffle ball in the backyard. And I mean like Brandon O'Brien, who has produced Pearl Jam and Third Day and Stone Temple Pilots and and all these legendary, and I'm leaving out a myriad, a bunch of different uh, artists. But he, when he's in town, he goes and plays wiffle ball in the backyard in Athens. Steve Albini, who is a rock legend producer, produced Nirvana's In Utero record, the uh, album that came out in 94. He produced that, and, and that's a punk rock record, and he's literally in the backyard in Athens, Georgia, playing wiffle ball. Like, I'd never heard that story before in my life, wow. and I was blown away by it. And that's the story you want to tell, right? The one that is engaging. You're like, how could that be so? Yeah. There's no way that these guys. They're not real people. They're not real people. (laughs) But Tripp, you're exactly right. And that's what's engaging for people is learning that, you know what? They are real people. The funniest one, and I, to your point, was when I was listening to that Brad Nessler uh, commentary was when he and Kenny were in the island somewhere at the bar and some lady goes, I know it. You're that guy. You're that guy. You're that guy. And uh, she figured out who he was. And right. she goes, now, I told my husband, that's, I think that's Kenny Chesney. And, and, right. and Nestler goes, well, let me go ask. Of course, he's been sitting yeah, at the table with him. And it's just like, it's funny. No, it's the, you know, but, it's the but, real people. That's you know? right. Absolutely. <laughs> Kenny Chesney told us um, when I was doing mornings on 101.5 here in town that he hadn't been, and this was probably five, six years ago. He's like, I've not been into a Walmart in seven or eight years. Because I can't go. Yeah. He was like, not not because I'm too good to go. I want to go to Walmart. Just, yeah. He was like, I would cause a ruckus for the people trying to run wherever the Walmart is, is that I'm going. He was like, I don't want to do that to them right. and cause such a scene unless it's unless it's planned ahead of time through a record label and that's the whole point is to point. film it and put it out and make make it part of a marketing you know strategy. But he was like, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. I, I was like, I, and and I would never do that. But it, but it's fascinating to think about that you couldn't go to Walmart, but he couldn't. Yeah. So let's go back. Um, next phase of how do you know you have a problem? And I want to we'll start with music and then I want to relate that a little bit to businesses mm-hmm. in marketing. You know, when there is a problem, is it I'm going to say one of three things. Is it the talent? Mm-hmm. OK. Um, is it you know relationship maybe getting that label or getting the right label especially mm-hmm. if they're early on or is it marketing where, where do you see it and i'm sure it's some of all yeah but sure. in general i i'm i'm gonna guess in the music world from all i've seen you know going to festivals and things like that talent is probably the least That's the least right because there wouldn't so much be talent there. out there it's like it's like major league baseball right even the worst player on the team is still the best player that you've ever seen play in your life, you know, or or seen up close play in your life because they're the best of the best. You're right. Talent right. is definitely not it. Can be relationships. Can mm-hmm. be like if you, you know, if your label doesn't have relationships throughout 
uh, country music. Maybe it's a, a new label, and they're you know they've not hired the right people that have relationships in uh, in Nashville or in in country radio. It can be that for sure, but it all comes down to getting the message out, getting the word out, and getting eyeballs on that artist. Because if you get enough eyeballs on that artist, there is going to be people that say, "Man, they're really good. I right. really like them. I've never heard of them. I'm glad I got to listen to them." Lainey Wilson is a perfect example for me, and yeah. and everybody is a uh, overnight success in Nashville. So they say yeah. it's ten years to be an overnight success. Walker Hayes, who's blowing up now. He would say 20 years because he's right. been there working at Costco, and now his his career is booming. But Lainey Wilson literally drove her RV, which she'd never driven on the interstate, from Louisiana, where she's from, to uh, to Nashville, and it took her forever to be an overnight success. And she's one of those mm-hmm. artists that I heard by chance. I heard her song. I was like, wow, that's incredible. I didn't even know who she was. I didn't know her name. I didn't know her story. It was just somebody had sent me the song and said, take a listen to this. And it was her song, Things a Man Ought to Know, which hit yeah. number one. And now she's you know just won ACM's new female vocalist of the year. But that song I'd never heard, and I literally heard it by chance and thought that's a hit right there if some people play it. And it took six or eight months for that to actually happen. Yeah. Well, and I think... So what you described and what we see in business a lot is on the relationship side and the marketing side. There are people with deeper relationships. All right. Always. Okay. And, and no offense, because I love his music. Thomas Rhett. Mm-hmm. Look, he had, his dad. I mean, he was in the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the relationships are already there. That's so right. So then it was more about marketing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see it all the time. Does a business have strong and, and a breadth of relationships? And if they don't, that's when they have to really understand their marketing. What are they going after? How they're doing it? Because without that breadth of relationships, you, you got to do something to create your business. And I would say it must be the same thing in music. If you don't have that, you know, top tier label, right? That's going to be at every top station in the country. You've got to do something to get the word out and have that plan. Yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent correct, and and yeah, if you're at a huge label, then that's not that's not that big a deal. Although I've seen plenty of artists that are on a big label and it never take off, it never happened, it just never connects for whatever reason. The, the the it doesn't get in front of enough people, it doesn't connect with people, whatever the reason. There's plenty of people that have been on Sony Music Nashville and their career never launched or they're there for a long time and it takes four or five records but the label never gives up on them right well and one of the things i was going to say is i'm sure you've seen this you know someone who's had let's say three albums and people just think okay we got it the formula and they they just do what they've done they don't think about what's changed Mm -hmm. they just it's it's road it's not you know, it's not looking at what the environment is today, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, right now, March 2022, or if it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they just don't pay attention. And they just kind of keep, and we we see that oh in business gosh. all, the time. all the time. Well, I've always done marketing this way. Yep. Well, guess what? Things you've have probably, changed. You probably had people that hit, everything they did was great, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. They're just for th- gone. One album just went nowhere. That's and right. They're, and they're gone. That's exactly right. And and a lot of that is indeed, and I know we've got to wrap up here, but a lot of that is indeed the fact that they just try to plug and play because they know the formula. They know the formula that works, but then it doesn't. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, it's, it's another great reason to always do an assessment of where you are. So uh, we're talking to uh, Doug Cowart of um, The Morning Extra and Braves Country uh, podcast. And we will come back in the last segment in just a minute and kind of delve in a little more on what's, uh, what's new in the world of podcasting and music. So you're listening to Extra 106.3 and uh, we are the Marking Mad Men and we'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with Tug Howard, uh, the Morning Extra. And we've been talking about podcast, uh, your your fun project, the Braves Country yes, uh, it podcast. Yes, a lot of fun. And, you know, we're tying it into marketing a little bit for businesses. And we talked a little bit about, you know, when do you have a problem? How do you know you have a problem? And Tug just mentioned during the break a great point about self-reflection. And I'm sure business owners, as artists, probably do out there as well. You know, hopefully you have that time to kind of reflect of where am I? I mean, what is you've talked to many artists over the years. What what do you hear? What do you see? Well, I, I think a lot of them believe in their ability and their determination and their drive. But as we said in that last segment, sometimes it takes 10 years to be an overnight success as an artist in Nashville and in probably any, any format, Nashville is just where, you know, where I'm most connected and, and have seen the most over 20 years of working in country radio. But I think they get discouraged and then finally throw up their hands and they're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something else. And that's, you know, and, and, and by that point, you know, the, the ships, the ship's already taken on water. And, and, and a lot of times that'll happen when they've just made enough success where they start going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the increase. I see more people coming to the shows. I see, you know, uh, we're, we're picking up a radio station here or there. It's giving us a little bit of airplay. And then they let their guard down and they start, you know, taking on new band members or uh, new, uh, they take out, buy a new truck, whatever it yeah. is. And then they put themselves in a bad situation all the way around and can't afford all that stuff. And then what do you do? Because your, your career is kind of stalling. You're not getting the, the traction that you once were, and then you're stuck. And I see that yeah. happen a lot. It, it, it usually comes down to the determination and good decision-making. Well, do they have um, – I guess it's a question. Do they have strong advisors? No, or, of course not. That, no, no. Yeah. I mean, because there's – there's as you said earlier, like with marketing, there's no – you can't plug and play it. There's no roadmap to being a successful mu- touring musician, Right. It is grinded out, grinded out every day, just like a business owner would. Yeah, and and the reality is, I assume, you know, the label is really a sales. It's a person. bank. It's not. It's not their boss. It's not. I mean, it's. It's a bank. Yeah. Literally, they will say, "Here's X and Y Z amount of dollars. Go record the album. We will take all the money that we gave you on the front end, and then a percentage, whatever that, whatever you yeah. work out." of the album sales afterwards and whatever you make afterwards. So it is, it's very much like a bank relationship. Small small business loan. That's exactly right. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's fascinating. And, um, you know, and the same thing with the bank, the bank will want to get involved with some small owners, but sometimes their advice is, let's just call it skewed. You know, how much do they really want them to, you know, to continue to invest or mm-hmm. where do they in, want to invest it, mm-hmm. you know, versus what might be right for the business. Yeah. You know, and that's where I think business coaches, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, it doesn't have to be marketing. You can be overall business coaches, but have someone who can give you that third party view, you know, that independent view. But but it's interesting. And like you said in the very first segment, if if somebody 
comes to you and says, hey, I can help you market yourself, I mean, maybe they can. But the the difference is, I think, is that when when an artist is out there, much like a – I guess it's not a difference, actually. I think it's probably the exact same. If a label comes and says, hey, we're going to put out your album – but they're 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 basically selling that artist. Okay, we're going to give you the roadmap, right? And that doesn't mean the advice is always good. And and you talk about that with marketing companies. Yeah, I mean we we try to talk about ourselves as being a fiduciary. And I think of a client. Actually, I'm going to go have lunch with a little later. Um, and right now we did a two week. We're doing a four week test, but I've got two weeks worth of data. You know, and he is trying to decide, do we, you know, should he do more marketing to try to get his business to the next level? That got to spend money to make money kind of thing? Well, that's his view. Um, the the bad news, I'm going to tell him is I wouldn't spend any more right now because as I've got two weeks of data, you know, I'm looking at how much business he's got from returning clients, how much he's got from new clients, uh, where they are, you know, all the, we, we tracked every order that uh, he's gotten over two weeks. And honestly, the biggest thing for him is he's got to go out and there's target areas for new customers. And he's got to decide, are you willing to do the sales, you know, in the biz dev on that? Mm-hmm. It's not marketing. You know, really? it, there will be a point where marketing can help. But if if you're not going to do some of the groundwork, we're telling him don't spend the money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Maybe six months. But if you don't do enough to create this extra base, and it's going to be because it's such a one-to-one, it's probably a lot like a new artist has to go in and meet with the DJs and has to has they have to have their face seen That's and right. heard. Um, he's got to create those new clients. It's not something that someone's going to go out and just buy on their own because there's great marketing out there. And, yeah. and we're telling them don't spend. I mean, that's not a lot of people. Dude, not do many. That. No, you're exactly right. Most most companies are like, "Yep, you need to spend more. Let's spend more. Let's spend more," because that that connects the you with your marketing company even deeper, right? Right, and you know, much like uh, you know, a label might say, "Hey, well, let's go out and do this huge seventy five thousand dollar influencer campaign," mm. instead of telling, you know, Dustin, guess what? Let's take f- four states in the southeast, and let's get on a bus and let's be at six radio stations a day. For three weeks and especially with an artist it's a good point because especially an artist with uh with the success behind him that dustin lynch has because he's been wildly successful yeah. the those are things that you still have to do those foundational things that create that relationship because once you create the relationship with with a, a personality at a radio station they want to play your music because like this is a great guy i want to see him succeed and that's yeah. what those relationships do exactly you know and um you know, that's a piece of, I think, you know, in marketing, there is a piece, and, and it's more on the sales side, but is, is creating that connection, creating, I mean, you even you even open up some vulnerability, you know, a term oh, a lot of people talks about. And I think we also, at times, uh, which is so relatable, want to be, you know, human, right? And if you're any, if you're anyone in the consumer side, all right, if you're business to business, a little different, but if you're in the consumer side, the client I'm talking about, he sells to, you know, uh, homes, you know, I mean, it's, that's what he's doing every day. Mm-hmm. It's people want it, to, it's, they can get his product anywhere, but it's about who he is and how he delivers the product that they could buy elsewhere. See, but that's, that's what I think that y'all do exceptionally well is just being completely transparent saying dude you should not spend money right now very few people are ever going to tell you that in sales or in marketing or anything they're going to tell you the exact opposite and i think that's why 
that y'all have been so successful and 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 look and this is not, you know unprompted i would just tell you i having worked with trip for gosh well over a year now and developing that relationship and we have so many connections and we enjoy music together and we talk about it all the time but but i've learned so much from him and if you want to learn something like that about how to market your business i'd reach out to trip i would I, that's that's something that i would put on the list especially if you don't have somebody that can help you with marketing or you don't know anything about it yeah well i appreciate it well, and, yeah, and hey we're it's you truth. know it's the truth we, we tell people, give us a call. Look at randink.cc. Um, we'll give you a, a free call and just talk and understand your situation. And if it's, look, if you need a different label than what we offer, yeah. we'll tell you that. You yeah. know, it's that type of thing. So um, this has been fun. I listen to uh, the Braves Country podcast a lot and I uh, see all the, the social posts, but uh, gives me a different perspective of, of how it came about and, and what you're trying to do, which is great because I do. I love songwriters and I love to see some of them get, uh, you know, get that chance for the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what you're doing. And, and that's uh, the thing. Songwriters are the, the backbone of country music and most people don't even know they exist. Yeah. Wow. No, it's uh, and, and, and the tie, the tie into the Braves. We're back nice. playing baseball. Uh, the tie into business. I mean, it's fantastic. So um, thanks again, uh, Tug Coward uh, from back. the Morning Extra. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Have a fantastic week, everyone.